A bloody year in Chicago, and residents, police, and community leaders are asking why the violence is getting worse instead of better. It is already the deadliest year in more than two decades. 500 homicides so far, 90 in August alone. The killings were mostly clustered on the city's south and west sides. They seem like they're having a rough go out there. Yeah. With no answers. With no answers. Speaking of Chicago, that's what we came to talk about today. Um, last week, I'm surfing the net, and you know, I already knew about Chicago, but I'm searching the net yesterday, come across a stat. Chicago has reached his 500th murder in nine months this year. The deadliest city in the past two decades. Chicago has that title. That's amazing. On our watch, Mike. This shit is on our watch. Yo, that that stat alone is scary for a couple reasons. One, it's almost like genocide. And two... Almost like, nigga, it is genocide. Yeah. It's genocide. Niggas is killing niggas. Right, and that was my next point. And two, you can't blame it on nobody else except the person who looks like you, who was raised in the same streets as you. So it's us killing us, you know, performing genocide on each other. And for what reason? Mike, 509 months. Now, what's the math on that? You know what? I was about to do it earlier, but I didn't. But, you know. I'm going to do it real quick. 55 a month, man. That's, that's mind-blowing. And... I was talking to one of my homeboys who's actually from there, from Chicago. And, you know, I'm just getting the scoop and the spiel from him, trying to figure out, you know, what's going on. And, like, who better to ask than somebody who's been there? And to sum the conversation up, it's pretty much, it's not even about money. Because, you know, a lot of times when you go to these neighborhoods and, and they killing each other over territory, it's, you know, it has something to do with drugs. Drugs also have to do with money. So he said it's not even about the money. He said everybody's getting their money. He said essentially it's about respect. And it's the younger generation, because he's old, he's like our age. And he said it's pretty much the younger generation just pretty much trying to make a name for themselves. And when you think about the the young, impressionable group, even when it comes to like positive shit, you know, they always want to be the best. They always want to be the most current, especially in a new age of social media or whatever. And as far as Chicago goes, when it comes to, to murder rate, you know, it's an extreme negative. But to some so of the conversation, yeah. go ahead. So y'all blaming this epidemic that's going on in Chicago on respect amongst the youth? You can't say y'all. That's I don't what know what's... But th is that what your homie told you? The guy that's from Chicago, that's what he said? He said that you can contribute this to the young kids out there that's yearning for respect. In essentially. An, essentially. Okay. No, I mean, that makes sense. I was watching a documentary the other day on Chicago, and one of the rappers out there, I think it was Bibby. I don't know. It was one of them little niggas. They said the kids is out there killing for a name. It's like, yo... This dude over here got a name for himself, and if you kill him, you gonna have a name for yourself. So, you know, I guess your dude wasn't too far off.
Exactly. It's the same thing you're saying. Pretty much it's about respect. It's not about it's not about money. It's not about you did something to my boy or I did something to your boy that that you know, it's just about respect and having that name. This is my theory. You know, I always got my theory. Um, I did highlight a couple people from Chicago. You know, they basically said everything that we already know. And, you know, basically what you just said. Uh, my theory on it, just how I look at it and just see the whole makeup of it. I look back, well, I think back when I was growing up, one of the big things in Chicago that we all knew of is the pimps in Chicago. That whole culture, the whole pimps up holes down documentary came from chicago to, i don't know if it was you know produced and created in chicago but it focused on chicago more so than any other city any other whole scroll all of that they pretty much focused on chicago as the mecca of pimping you know what i'm saying uh american pimp all of that so even the artists growing up in the 90s early 2000 you had twister he was talking more so to the ladies you had Pope pimp they talking about pimping that type of lifestyle you know it was always fancy cars you had r kelly he singing to the ladies he ain't from he from chicago when, when you look at it like that and then you think back like okay so all them guys got arrested all them them parents they kids is now our age now all the all the women out there that was prostituting back in the day those kids her kids is our age you know them pimps them drug dealers back in the day guy kids is our age so that's who's out there right now you know what i'm saying it's the aftermath of the culture that was going on back in the day then they had a transformation act in 2000 where they tore down all the high rises in the, in the inner city did the gentrification pushed all those kids all those families to the south side and the west side of chicago so you got maybe uptown downtown and midtown downtown and downtown all of them had big project buildings up back in the day now you knocked them down and you send thousands of families maybe you send the uptown family you know they had their own gang whoever was running that area mixed with the downtown family and those high rises whoever running that area all these low-income people all these felons all the drug dealers all the drug addicts and you put them in one spot which is south side chicago west side chicago one spot and tell them to live fend for yourself because the, the scary thing is that if you go to chicago you don't even see that at all it's still a great place to go. Right. It's still a still a tourist attraction. It's still a tourist attraction. And you have an epidemic. More people dying in Chicago than Iraq, but you can go there and visit and not have a problem. Like, don't even think about what's going on over there now. And that's scary. Because that's, that's 10 minutes away. You got a war zone 10 minutes away. So that lets you know it's, the, it's systemic. Because if it wasn't, that should have boiled over. It's almost like the crabs in the barrel um, situation. And I think you got a good point where you say you put all these people from, from neighboring uh, 
streets or hoods or whatever you want to call them and you put them all in this one location and now you got a mass epidemic of like shoot first ask questions never because it ain't later it's never because essentially like my boy said it's like we gonna they shooting on site and they don't care who it is or who's around that's what they're doing so i feel like if you and i say you as in the legislatures and the government and the police if you wanted to crack down on some of this like what would you do how could you do it and what's the answer if you've created this monster like how do you go back and how do you fix it is the question you could do all the talking you want to do or we can uh come up with these theories of how it got to this point but the the fact is that it's at this point and now we need to figure out how we can combat this and how we can fix it well i look at it like man it has to be a systematic approach to say these people is over here killing each other. They stupid. They need a wising up. That is stupid. That is like asking somebody to build a refrigerator that never built the refrigerator. <laughs> right. right. Like it's, it's damn near right. impossible because he never done it before. That's why he's there in the ghetto because he don't have the answers. This nigga don't like he don't have the manual. He don't. No one told him. You know what I'm saying? Nobody told them <laughs> over there how to get out of there. If they did, they wouldn't be there. Now, give him some tools and give him an instruction manual and ask him to build a refrigerator. Now, not saying that he's going to do that shit right then and there or it's going to be, you know, expedited and immaculate when he finished, but you give him enough time, he'll get the fuck out of there or he will build that refrigerator. You give them the right, right tools and you give them the instructions because none of them niggas over there remedial. Now, you give them the tools and the instructions they need, they can get out. But that's the and see, that's when it comes down to opportunity and education. You give them jobs and you give them education. It all worked out. It all works out on its own. But instead of them giving them jobs and education. They tell these motherfuckers to build the refrigerator, no instructions, no tools while putting obstacles in their way which is the gangs which is the cricket police which is the 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 crabs that's trying to that's trying to hold them down they own people trying to hold them down you have to deal with all of those factors still with no instructions no tools no resources yeah and i seen an interview i want to say thursday where it was a kid from Chicago, and he was just like, man, I don't even know where all these guns came from. Ooh. He said, I feel like somebody just came and dropped off like 18,000 boxes of guns. He's like, because it wasn't like this. I was just, th bro, when I was watching that documentary, I was thinking that, like, how these little niggas got machine guns, Uzis, ARs, Glocks, Mag, whatever, like AK-47s. Come on, bro. It's the same thing right. as they did with the crack in the 80s. They dropped that shit off in the hood, man. How do these little niggas get these guns? <laughs> right. He said, I feel like somebody just dropped these off. He's like, because this wasn't always like this. On, but my question is this. Even if Chicago... All right, let's say hypothetically speaking, the guns were dropped off. 
what is the value of essentially eradicating the black people in Chicago? What? What do you mean? So I'm asking you. Okay, so those people in the, in, the, in those neighborhood, nine times out of ten, they on top on some type of government assistance, right? If you eliminate the recipient of the government assistance, what do you do? You free up tax dollars. True. That's 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 worldwide. The more people you eliminate, the more money you free up. Because everybody in some form or fashion, if you're a human on this earth, you're entitled to some free shit. <laughs> Real shit. You're entitled to something free. Like, I don't know what it is. It could be a, a homeless shelter. There's still somebody providing you with room and board. That's free. You kill them motherfuckers off. Either you kill them off or you put them in jail. You get the free labor out of them. So you either kill them off or put them in jail and you're now making a profit off of that person either being dead because he's freeing up tax dollars or this person going to jail and you leasing him out to do work. <laughs> leasing him out. The convict leasing what... system. Okay, so if you eliminate that, that person that's receiving the government assistance, you free up tax dollars. My question is always, after you do that, What's next? You free up the tax dollars to do what? To put it in your pocket, bro. The more people... Look, money, currency, is only a transfer from one pocket to another. Everybody has some sort of value. You know, that's that's, that's all the stock market is. The stock market is just a transfer from somebody else's pocket or account to your account. Or vice versa. Whoever, hey, speaking of the stock market, whoever created that shit was genius. Oh yeah, they genius. <laughs> it's it's genius. It's constantly in creation though. Like it's never that algorithm is just the algorithm of the stock fluctuating up and down. That shit changes every day. Like, there's no way you can figure that out. You know they got. Oh, see, I don't even want to get into it. We get into it. Another yeah, day. I, don't, I just want to say genius. <laughs> if you, because essentially that shit is like imaginary, right? <laughs> I don't want to get into it but Whoever created that imaginary system Is fucking genius <laughs> We'll get into that Let's get into that next podcast I'm going to cut all this out though But um, yeah man I look at it like You know first step You have to get these people jobs You have to give them opportunities Second step You have to improve the education you Have to Have to improve the education Um, After that the culture which is the rappers like another question that i ask is besides on how they got the guns look at the artist that blows up out of there chief keith this nigga video blew up because they had ak-47s in his first video that's how he got signed oh who is this young dread-headed crazy looking nigga with ak-47s and machine guns and rifles and shit pointing it at the camera <laughs> oh let's sign him like this nigga got signed at Interscope. So you got execs at Interscope? Like, oh, yeah, let's sign him. No, it got to be more than that, bro. So he was, So you feel like, and, and that's another thing that he brought up, too. Uh, he said it has a lot to do with these drill rappers, too. Exactly. Now that you got into that, listening to these drill rappers. And I'm like, what the hell is a drill rapper? <laughs> But, you know, it's Chief Keefe. And I never really paid it no attention. Never even watched a video to this day. Because to me, shit ain't that nice. But 
that gets back to your point where you say it's kind of like the government playing into this. Because if you put Chief Keef on and he's a drill rapper and he's, you know, he's endorsing all this shit, it makes everybody in the hood say, well, shit, I can rap a little bit. I got a couple bodies. Why not get a couple more bodies? They the poster boys right. for the privately owned prison. That's what I control. I don't even contribute it to the government anymore. This is being perpetuated. Okay, let me ask you this. If you owned a private prison, right, and your revenue comes from your inmates, other than like other than that, the prison is a liability. The prison stopped being a liability when the prison get inmates. Now, how would you go about getting inmates? Mike, you're going to have to get very creative on how the fuck you're going to fill this prison up because you got to <laughs> pay back your investors. Investors got to get their money back. Now, right now you got to lobby to these companies out here. These Fortune 500. I mean, not the companies, but the but the politicians. You got to lobby to the politicians. Yo, we, we need this three strike rule. Three things wrong. He's in jail forever. Like we got this nigga forever. Now that's that's million dollars from from this one body. This nigga gotta make right. license plates. This nigga gotta do other factory shit. He gotta get leased out, pick up trash for companies, put together fucking working pipe factories. This what these these niggas have to do in these private prisons. So the private so the prisons they contract out the inmates to other companies and other companies. Okay, say the company will typically pay ten dollars for this particular labor. Oh, they gotta pay the inmates. Shit. They don't gotta pay the inmates. These niggas get like a dime an hour. Yeah. And so the company will lease the job out to the prison at a lower rate. And they only pay the inmate like a dime to do that shit at an hour. It's free labor. Hmm. So if you are a private prison owner, nigga, what what get these motherfuckers? doing fucked up shit now you get sociologists you get economists you get psychologists you get them together and be like okay how can we get this group of people from listening to this type of music to do the shit that you say you go get the influencers and the community the niggas that got the most followings the niggas that everybody like you go get them niggas turn them niggas into rappers my niggas said Man, instead of having that drill music, we need to have a nigga like Future. I'm like, well, let me tell you what the shit, the Future, the Future just turning niggas to drug addicts. Like, he, he a cool nigga. <laughs> <laughs> he a cool nigga. But it just would be a different culture. Instead of niggas shooting each other, them niggas would be on dope or selling it. I mean, I would prefer right. that over this drill. I would prefer the Future route because at least you're going to go get money and you're going to try to go fuck some hoes and 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 shine off future you you still might do something for yourself these niggas over here listening to this drill music like oh let me go shoot everybody up and they mama too on site i've seen clips on youtube or facebook and i'm like yo these niggas is really tripping like broad daylight and one other thing my boy told me he was like ultimately chicago like they didn't change the rules he's like don't get caught in your car he said, you know what I'm saying, don't get caught standing on the corner by yourself ever. If you beefing, don't let nobody else drive your car. You know what I'm saying? Like, they didn't change the rules just to survive out there. It's just crazy. So, 
I would say if it is coming from a private place and if you think about it, like I'm not big on conspiracy theories, but if you think about it, you got a young man in Chicago who said that the, the availability of guns has never been as high as it is with the murder. Think about it, though. The murder rate steady going up and it's still and it's still getting easier to get guns. Oh, you would think it would be a little harder to get one. So. When you talk about the private prisons, are they the ones who's dropping the guns off? Yo, you, I wouldn't. Do they have a? Pl- I wouldn't put nothing past them. Right? Do they have a plug? Or it's like, yo, you bring the guns to me, I'll make sure they get in the streets, and then they get a, they get a, a cut off that. I'm just trying to get people in that in in that mindset. Well, I'm not trying to get you in a mindset, but I'm trying to make you aware that prisons is privatized privatized mean anyone can own a prison theoretically anyone can own a prison before it was a government entity it had to be federal or state now right any investor can come around and be like yo let me buy let me get the license or the contract to the prison in indiana gary or santa monica California when you when you do it that way you now give these smart Harvard educated motherfuckers incentive to put people in jail you give them the incentive so now they bro it's focus groups it's study groups it's psychologists they all working together to figure out how do we fill this up a business uh uh a good operating business is supposed to increase how, how many percents a year? Mike, 10? 10. 10. <laughs> you're doing awesome. <laughs> Bro, you're doing, awesome. doing pretty Don't good. Sound like much, but you're, doing awesome. you're doing pretty good, right? right? That applies to every business. That's like the standard 10%. If you're not getting 10, uh, we might need to look for another CEO. 10% increase. These biz- These prisons are businesses. 10%, Mike. We have to fill this up. <laughs> <laughs> gotta find a way to get these niggas in here. We gotta get them in here. What are y'all doing? But that still don't answer my question, though. Like, why Chicago? What's the significance of Chicago? So think about think about where they at with the, the pipeline. Uh, North Dakota? I'm not sure. Yeah, well, they're fighting over the uh, pipeline in North Dakota. Like, why not North Dakota if it's oil there? Why North Dakota, Mike? If you a private-owned prison, would you rather go to North Dakota or Chicago? If it's about the bottom line, I'm going to go to North Dakota. Because I don't know, like, what natural resources in Chicago is, or maybe it ain't even you about can't, natural resources. You can't maybe, exploit. Maybe it's just about the sheer numbers. You can't exploit See, white people. Saying. If you exploit white people, then it's an outrage. Your business. No, but it's. That's true, but it's Indians though that they're uh, Native Americans. I'm sorry, oh, bro. It's Native Americans that are fighting. The, they population the, uh, isn't high enough. <laughs> Do you see that? Right. I I, I see I, what you're saying. I, I seen the images. The 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 Indians getting pepper sprayed and bit by dogs. It's only like a hundred people out there. <laughs> <laughs> bro, they did enough to the Indians, man. God damn, like. Bro, they did enough to they did enough to us. Yeah, they did enough to us too. We the we a threat though. I don't think Native Americans. And see, they not even Indians, Mike. They Native Americans. 
I was in a Uber with a I was in a Uber with a native dog and I called them Indians and she got mad as fuck. I'm like, that's what the white people told us. <laughs> that's what we got taught in school. That y'all was Indians. What the fuck? Yeah, you was taught wrong by the white man. <laughs> Don't get mad at I me. Get mad at the man. <laughs> you got called native, bro. But the thing, but what I'm saying is my point is that there's actually a natural resource out there if you wanted to go after it. And with a natural resource, you can make billions. So in Chicago, I'm like, there's no natural resource. The only resource are the people that they're locking Nigga, up. The natural resources is the black people, bro. For a prison, that's like gold. Yeah, but once you get to capacity and you lock them all up, then what? us as the world, we already, we already done made it clear that we don't care. How long have we been allowing Chicago to be the fucking murder capital of the world? You know what I'm saying? Like, this ain't, bro, this, I've been hearing about this for like three, four years. This ain't nothing new. Yeah. We, we, we told these niggas like, yeah, it's okay for y'all to exterminate the black race in Chicago. Yeah, we definitely haven't done anything to, and I say we, I mean, we as a people in general. It just hasn't general. been a nationwide outrage is what I'm trying to say. Well, because it's black people. <laughs> but even amongst black people like niggas should be marching in fucking chicago like occupy south side chicago why isn't r kelly giving out free shows and twister and kanye west i wouldn't say that they're not i've seen some articles where artists are actually giving back but it comes a point in time is only so much you can do there's only so much you can do and if you can reach one, two, three people, then you've done, you know, you've done your share because those two people or three people that you reach can reach another two or three. You know, it goes so on and so forth. But how do you, as a whole, like, they were talking about taking a National Guard down there to patrol the street. Hey, at this point, and I would hate this, I, I can't say it. I'll tell you what I was thinking at this point. I couldn't blame him. I will almost, <laughs> I will almost suggest doing it, nigga. Five hundred and nine months, five hundred murders in nine months. You got to do something because these people, in these people US can't city. fix it on their own. So you have to do something. Obama, nigga, do something before you get out. I ride with you, Obama, all the way. I fuck with Obama heavy, bro. I ain't like a nigga that's like, oh, he ain't do nothing for black people. I understand. I understand what Obama doing, but. Do something over there before you leave, bro. You got a month. But what would he do? I don't know, nigga. If you were president for a day and that's the one thing you had to do, what would you do? How would you do Call it? Call all my advisors in the room and ask them smart motherfuckers, what could we do? <laughs> <laughs> that's what I do. He's going to say the same thing we've been doing. Nothing. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck. The same thing we've been doing. I'm sure it's came across his desk more than once. You, he's from Chicago. He's from Chicago. He was a senator <laughs> in Chicago. Yeah, it's it definitely came across his desk more than once. So I'm sure that conversation has been had, and his advisor said what I just told you. The same, it's like that pinky in the brain shit. What are we gonna do today? The same thing we try to do every day: <laughs> take over the world. <laughs> That same shit, that same question has been asked, and they said exactly what I said, man. We're going to do what we've been doing. Nothing. Because if he gets involved and he sends the National Guard, 
what kind of message does that send? You see how crazy people get when they talk about just even thinking about amending the right to bear arms? Like, not even knowing where that shit originated from. It originated because your ass was at war when you first got over here. At war with everybody. So, you need that to protect yourself. You're no longer at war with everybody. So, imagine imagine him sending the National Guard or, you know what I'm saying, in Chicago to patrol the street corners along with the cops. They wouldn't be able to do it. It'd be an outrage. I'm just saying, they gotta do something exactly. dramatic. Something gotta happen. But what? That's literally probably the only thing you could do. And then now you're risking your own U.S. troops. Bro, you crazy as hell if you don't think the government can fix that problem. They know how to fix that. The world has been worse off than that. No, you can you can fix it. They know how to fix it. <laughs> they don't want to fix it. No, no, no. You can fix it, but nigga, it's going to lead to some other shit. I don't know human behavior like that. I'm not a I'm not a sociologist. I'm not an economist. Yeah, I'm not either. I'm they a realist. know how to do it. You, is what I'm trying to tell you. You send if you send the National Guard into a U.S. city to patrol it, and the citizens start taking aim at the U.S. military, you didn't start something else, brother. That's why they won't do that shit. Exactly. I know they. I'm not saying the National Guard will fix it. I'm just saying the government knows how to fix it. This know, is not bro. the first murder capital of the world. This is not the first murder capital of America. That's true. They know how to fix it. Chicago homicides was cut in half a decade ago. I mean, it's been skyrocketing as of late, but that's contribute to to them dropping them boxes of guns off. <laughs> <laughs> For real, I think that's the issue. You gotta figure out how them shits got in there, bro. They got every gun on Call of Duty in a rap video, <laughs> like. <laughs> I'm on YouTube <laughs> watching the rap videos, bro. They got every, they even got the unlock, they even got the lock weapons, nigga. They unlocked them and got them in Chirac. They call that bitch Chirac Driller Noise. I'm like, what? But like I said before we got on here, man, I think the issue is everybody knows what's going on. The question is, how do we fix it, man? We need to figure something out. How do we fix it? And like you said, Chicago's not the first murder capital. It's not going to be the last, but that's not necessarily a title that you want to hold and in a such a concentrated area i don't know man it's tough we got to figure out something that mentality out there is kind of crazy just listening to some of the guys from that city talk about it you know like i said i was watching a show and they interviewing the people from chicago they interviewing the rappers the local rappers the citizens the inmates that you know the parolees you know, they, they they interviewing everybody and they getting they take and I'm listening to what they saying. They mindset is way off the way they think about Chicago, the way they they in survival mode. It's like motherfuckers just sell shot uh, all day. All day. They like Vietnam vets, bro. You hear them talking. They, they just like, man, to see the killed or be killed. Shit, I, whether they family died and my family died, I got to keep it moving, so I stay strapped. That's another rule. Never get caught without a strap. Ever. <sighs> Ever. And then it's another thing when you talk about, like, a Vietnam vet or just a Iraqi vet or anybody who's seen combat. Think about the results of what's going to happen, even when this is over. PTSD is real. That post-traumatic stress is real. So even when this is done, you know, they're going to still have nightmares and 
maybe pass that shit down to their kids and and they're still gonna be instilling this mentality like yo every corner you own make sure you strap make sure you never by yourself never get caught sitting in your car like they still passing these rules on to this younger generation and they're young themselves they're younger than us well it's crazy so closing thoughts mike how do we fix it closing thoughts man we gotta respect each other and not just you know with a weapon you know it, it just respect each other i think before it got to the point where it's at now whether it be rap whether it be just the influences around you like before it wasn't like this you have to find a time go back to a time of how it was before those mysterious guns made it to your doorstep and you know each one teach one man who have to fix it is it the is it the people is it the is it the state is it the government right now who's who could be the most influential in improving that city it's going to definitely be a combination of of all those things uh the people the government state and local as far as and federal it's going gonna, it's gonna to take a combination because it took a combination to get where it's at. New York has some really strict gun laws. It doesn't necessarily mean that, you know, people don't get killed by guns. But I think that's a that's a huge deterrent. And on the same token, which is which is bad. If you talk about filling those prisons up, if you have the stricter gun laws, you can fill your prisons up still. But that see that's the problem is that it is is that the solution to lock everybody up? They would love for that. I mean that's what's happening now. That's why they uh, allow the crime to happen so they can lock them up. I mean so if 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 that's the solution to just lock all the bad ones away, that don't really that yeah, don't, don't really stop. I don't it. yeah I don't think that's the solution, man. But I think we gonna have to figure it out. I don't know. I don't have all the answers, bro. <laughs> I don't got the answers. You don't got like, the answers, Mike. <laughs> I don't have all the answers. Um, is it is it the facilities? And it's, and it's tough. Do you improve the schools? Do you build do you build factories? What you, what you do? Do you do you give big businesses the incentive to come there? Do you gentrify it? Do you do you break do you break up Southside Chicago and ship them out to the suburbs? Do you do you scatter them out? Do you put them on scattered sites, low income housing across the city? I've seen that. I've seen it too. You be in a good ass neighborhood and one house be a section eight house. (laughs) I've seen that. (laughs) Niggas be mad as fuck. Like fuck, not my neighborhood. Right, but you know what's crazy though is that it works. Do it. I wouldn't say it's a hundred percent, but I've seen it where it's like okay. Because if you take the kid and the family out of that environment and you put them in a different environment, they're like, hey, wait a minute. It's not like that everywhere. Because it's like I said before, just because it's not our reality, it's somebody's reality. Like to them, they wake up in a war zone every morning. I don't. Bro, they so said there's some people that them- never even left the south side of Chicago. Four block radius. Exactly. Never left. Right, so I'm not saying splitting them up and moving them and putting them in a, is the is the answer, but I've seen that work because you you expose people to different things outside of those you know parameters or wherever they've been living at, and it oh and sometimes it can open their eyes to other things. 
Only thing about that, those homeowners, that community, they hate it. They do. But it's for the greater good of humanity, though. We all humans. You right. We all humans. Black, brown, white. We all humans. Back on the corner of 75th and Stewart, Tamar Manasseh is also determined that change will happen. It's going to take a lot of people all doing something. Not saying something, but doing something to fix that problem. And the doing something is the sitting here. It's the sitting here having a conversation. I live on this block with you. I live in this city with you. I live in this country with you. And we're all affected by the same things. And sometimes when we don't talk to each other and we don't interact, we miss that. On one corner, a small effort in response to a big problem. Something to think about. We're going to wrap this up for the day. Excuse my language. This episode is sponsored by It's The Brand at shop.ishthebrand.com. Premium lifestyle clothing from a premium individual. Check us out. I'm going to redo that ad. It sounded horrible. <laughs> <laughs>